The Forum at 8 with Olani Gwala. It is eight and a half minutes after eight. Good morning to you. Welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, pressure on the government now to explain why South African soldiers were deployed to the Central African Republic. Government has maintained up until now that they were on a training mission and were victims of a civil war that they had nothing to do with. All right, then, we would like to talk and discuss this matter a little further. Um, and let me welcome my guests on the program to, who will assist us uh, with, with some information around this matter. I'm going to start with the Ambassador, Ambassador Lindiwe Zulu, who is President Zuma's advisor on international relations. Ambassador Zulu, good morning. Nice talking to you. Good morning, Colonel, and good morning to the listeners. Thank you. Also, on the other line, uh, the leader of the United Democratic Movement, uh, uh, General Bantu Olomisa. Njengada Olomisa, good morning. General Olomisa, are you there for me? We'll sort that line out in a minute. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that line in, in, in a couple of seconds' time. Hey, Dr. Spamanda Zondi is the Director of the Institute for Global Dialogue, is an Honorary Professor in Politics and Development Studies at UNISA. Hey, Dr. Zondi, good morning. Nice talking to you. Uh, good morning, Kolana, and good morning to the listeners. Thank you. In our Pretoria studios, we joined there by Mr. Jeff Dubazana. He's the spokesperson for the South African National Defense Union, SANDU. Uh, Mr. Dubazana, hello. Colonel, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks indeed for your time. As well as Professor Pierre DeForce, he's a law faculty uh, lecturer at uh, UCT. Uh, Professor DeForce, good to talk to you. Good morning. Uh, good morning and good morning to the listeners. Thank you. Well, uh, maybe uh, I should start. I think General Olomisa is back on the line. Let me just quickly uh, uh, welcome him on the line. Uh, General Olomisa, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Kolani. Ah, thank you very much for your time. Maybe I should start with you then, General Olomesa, because you, you wrote yesterday an open letter to government. You want more answers in relation to the deployment in the Central African Republic. Give us a gist of your uh, argument here. What are you uh, putting forward? Well, there has been conflicting reports from the government side on this issue. And then we, you will recall that we... We were briefed earlier on, beginning of the year, that uh, especially by GECO, that there were two operations which were approved by the government. Operations Morero and Operation Vindela. Operation Morero was, we were told, was for a unit of the SANDF Special Forces to be deployed in CAR to provide VIP protection to President Bozizé. And then the other Operation Vindela, was involved in refurbishment of the military bases and training of military personnel in that country. Yesterday, on Morning Live, uh, our Minister of Defense, Mama Nosifuen Nabula, uh, denied that our troops were in car to protect President Bozizé. She did, however, admit that they were, they were there to protect South African assets. So, who's, who's, which is which? So we need to to be briefed uh, on this. That's why I wrote a letter to the chairperson of the portfolio committees, uh, uh, chairpersons of the portfolio committee on, on, on international relations as well as defense to say, why don't you have a such a, a joint sitting wherein you can summon the, 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 the relevant departments to just explain, let these people for the first time sing from the same Mm-hmm. Right. Let's bring in the ambassador, uh, General. Let me bring in the ambassador, Ambassador Zulu. Uh, from where you are, Ambassador Zulu, why were our troops in the Central African Republic? 
We have said it and we continue to say it, that our troops have been invited to assist in training and stabilizing the situation in Central African Republic. You will recall, and you will, if you take the issue back to as way back as 2009 to 2010, decisions that were taken at an AU level, decisions that simply just said, countries that can be able to assist in keeping stability, particularly in that country because of the problems that were there, could come up and agree to assist in. South Africa agreed to assist, not to be protecting uh, dictators as some have wanted to portray us as, as, a, as a country that, that protects dictators. We have absolutely no intention at any point to protect any, any dictator. Right. Bottom line is that we have, an African, we have an African agenda which clearly says to us we have to do the best that we can to create stability in the continent. Right, and Ambassador, we really need to clarify a lot of issues. One such country. All right, we, we need to clarify a lot of issues that are coming out of your statement here because, again, I'm going to go back to what the General is saying. In 2007, we were told of two operations, Operation Morero and Operation Vimbezela. Now, one operation was aimed... It, it, there was a special SANDF force uh, that was to be deployed in the Central African Republic to protect, VI, to give pro, VIP protection to President Bozize. The bottom line is that you cannot separate these issues. You cannot say to us there's instability in a country and then you take one corner of the overall instability that you need to deal with. So in order for us to be able to with the, 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 the demobilization, for instance, and the reintegration of the forces in the Central African Republic, you cannot do that in isolation. All right. You have to take a big package, a full package which was agreed upon by the government of Central Africa well, and the government of South Africa. The full package involved the defending President Bozize, right? Or protecting President Bozize. Is that what the full package is about? The, the protection of President Bozize, he is being protected by his own, he was being protected by his own, and we had obviously to train those ones that needed to do that. And we had to train the army of the Central African Republic as per the agreement of our bilateral relationship. And but also as per our agreement with the AU, because we didn't do anything outside of the agreement, also within the structure of the AU, in terms of trying to create peace, security, and stability in the country. But that's also another contradiction. Right that's also another contradiction, Ambassador. Let me also put it just straight. Let me put it, just hang on a second. Let me also put it that all the structures that need to go to either Parliament, either to wherever they have to go and do the reporting, South Africa and SNDF, the Department of International Relations, the Presidency, would avail itself to go and explain the whole operation, because this is sure. not an operation which can be explained solely from a political angle. It can be explained as a technical angle, but we are explaining it from a political angle that our involvement, why a political involvement, in terms of the broader picture of trying to bring stability and peace in the continent. Right, because there are so many contradictions. Again, here's a contradiction. You say now uh, this was in accordance with what the AU had said, but we were told even yesterday that actually this was because of the bilateral be between South Africa and, and the Central African Republic, which is reasonable. Absolutely, Kolani. Absolutely, Kolani. Bilaterals don't exist on their own. 
they also exist in the in the understanding of what the AU itself wants to see in as far as peace development and, and, and peace in the continent, especially the issue of of uh, dealing with the army. Africa as an AU is doing everything it can to say that we need stability within armies in each and every one of our countries because peace starts with each individual country. And therefore, from a South African perspective, we don't act in isolation, even as it is right now. Our president was busy talking to the neighboring countries, the president, to appraise them of what is happening. We don't act in isolation. However, we as a country have got the right to have bilateral agreements with any country that we feel strategically with it. Uh, Ambassador, allow me to go back to the initial issue the, uh, and, and, and just clarify what I'm, I'm hearing here. Uh, what you are saying to us is that our troops were training uh, the VIP protectors of President Boziza and they were not necessarily direct, directly protecting the, him. Is that what you say? They were training beyond that. Solani, they were training beyond that. I'm saying, let's look at the picture in a broader sense. You can't narrow it. They were training soldiers across the board, and in particular trying to assist in the integration, because let's not talk about as if the Central African Republic was just a peaceful place. It's been a place that has been plugged with a whole lot of uh, rebels, it's been plugged with instability. And we came in as the agreement between the two countries to do military training broadly. And therefore I'm saying let's not narrow it to the training of this one. It was a broad just like we are doing in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It's, almost, it's the same thing that we are doing, because those areas are connected with okay. each other. Uh, General Olomisa is going to come in. What we understood is that we need to bring peace in the continent. General Olomisa is going to come in, but I'll tell you why we're narrowing it down. We're narrowing it down because there were two operations that were spoken of here. There was Operation Morero and there was Operation Vimbezela. Now, Operation Morero specifically was for a unit of the SANDF Special Forces that was deployed to provide VIP protection to President Boziza. And that's exactly my question. Do you know about the specific operation? And that is why we're narrowing it down because it appears as if, even from the onset, there were two different distinct mandates? Well, if you, keep, if you keep on narrowing it down, you lose the essence of the role of South Africa in that region as overall. You cannot separate it. You cannot separate because at the end of the day, when you talk about bringing stability, you can't say you won't do this one, you will do that one. You have to look at the picture in a broader sense. That's why I'm saying to you, Tolani, uh, we have to give a proper explanation which will be both political and technical because it's necessary for us to do that. And I cannot sit here and act like I'm a military person that would, that would explain all those processes. That must be left to the SNDF because it has a capacity, it is capable, and it has been uh, communicating from the very beginning that we mm. communicated. There hasn't been even a lot of communication there. Ambassador, I'm really getting very confused because, again, I'm going to go back to another point you've just made now that, that this was uh, sanctioned by the well, AU. But please, okay, please, please allow me one minute. One, one second. Allow me one second. Allow me one minute. Allow me to do this because yesterday we spoke to the minister yes. and I asked the minister um, again about whether this was a bilateral, in, meaning South Africa to CAR, or was it an AU. Just take a listen to what she had to say here, please. It had nothing to do with the AU. Nothing to do with the UN because this was not a multilateral agreement. This was a bilateral agreement 
between two countries which were signed in 2007, which had nothing to do with peacekeeping, had nothing to do with participating in the battle in the Central African Republic, but had everything to do with capacity building. Ambassador? So when you're finding the contradiction there, I'm finding the contradiction. Sorry, I'm finding the contradiction. Let me say to you, there is no contradiction in what the minister is saying. She is focusing specifically on the agreement that was signed between the two countries. And I'm saying, even the bilateral that we are talking about must not be seen in isolation from a bigger picture of trying to bring peace, security, and stability in the continent. Okay. Right. If, if you narrow it to what the minister is saying, the minister is correct, because there is an existing bilateral between the two countries. I brought in the AU on the basis of the very original discussion, even at the AU itself, to request countries that can be able to assist to bring stability in that country. Okay. Obviously, we cannot sign a bilateral with the AU. We need to sign a bilateral with the country concerned. All right. Professor Pierre DeFoss, you wrote about these matters. Uh, please just come and weigh in. Um, is it clear to you? <laughs> no, it's about as clear as mud. Uh, obviously, the, the legal provision, which is what I know about, is that we went there because of the bilateral agreement. Of course, the question is now, now that there's not a legitimate government and therefore no bilateral agreement, what is the legal basis for our troops remaining in the Central African Republic? Because there is actually no uh, recognized, you recognized government in that country, so there cannot be any agreement either. So, if we are there, uh, on the basis of some other uh, agreement, then we need to be told. But legally, it seems to me there is no basis for us remaining in that country, unless, of course, we decide to uh, declare a state of war against them. So, so you, your worry is that us remaining there, but in the first place, us deploying troops, is it clear to you why we, we would deploy them in the first place? Well, there were different statements made. The... the in 2011, the Minister of International Relations said that we were there to protect the President, VIP protection, but we were also there to train. In the beginning of the year, uh, the, the Presidency then issued another statement saying that we will send more troops, that some of those troops will be there to train the forces of the President who is involved, of course, in a civil war with uh, rebels, and others will be used to integrate the rebel forces into the army. Mm. Um, so those are the official reasons. But now we also hear from the Minister of International Relations that we were there to protect some of the South African assets. But we are not being told, of course, what these assets are. Are they private uh, assets? Are they assets of business people? Uh, or whatever the case might be. So there seems to be quite a few contradictions coming out from the various sectors of the South African government about what the reasons were for this. Dr. Zondi? Um, uh, Kolani, what, what I want to pick up on is... I've lost one of the lines, yeah. Alright, okay. What, what I want to pick up on is the context. Uh, one part of that context is that there is an, an AU injunction against unconstitutional change of power. Yeah. Part of that injunction is, uh, requires that all member states of the African Union are countries that are very susceptible uh, to this unconstitutional change of power, 
which has seen a number of countries uh, experiencing coups uh, repeatedly now in the, in, the couple, in the past couple of years. You remember that we had conquered this. The continent had really reduced this incident over a period of time. And, and, and for some strange reason, in the past four or five years, uh, this, this problem has cropped up again and again. again. And, and there has been a lot of discussion within the African Union about how you strengthen security mechanisms so that you, uh, you, you prevent a situation where Hmm. Uh, opportunists, uh, rebels, uh, and, and, and external countries, or even rebels and armed groups from neighboring countries, um, uh, really, uh, really nearly bringing down governments for one or the other other complaint. So I always uh, I was under the assumption that that context had encouraged South Africa for the past 18 years, actually, it's nothing new. Uh, to uh, assist in, in training and strengthening the capacities of these countries mm. uh, to, to, to deal with their own internal security questions, uh, uh, to avoid a situation where you have to send in peacekeeping forces after the fact. And that is what we did in Burundi, that's what South Africa did in the DRC, it's been contributing in other, in other parts of, 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 of the continent. So I was always under the assumption that this was meant to assist to beef up uh, the national security mechanism and, uh, in, 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 in the Central African Republic. And it, it is unfortunate and it's unusual that the forces that are used for that purpose are the, then come under the te- attack of rebels. Normally, rebels don't actually attack uh, external forces unless they perceive them to be um, supporting the enemy, which is quite unusual. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Dr. Zondi, because in the run-up to this attack, and it's documented elsewhere, where, where the rebels had actually said that they considered the South African troops as mercenaries, and, and that part of the agreement that they had with President Bozizé was that the South African troops must be sent back home, which may serve as a warning to others. So others may say, well, we should have heeded that warning. What do you think? It's quite interesting. I mean, I, I, I guess assessments that need to be done I think that South Africa has to allow a process where researchers and institutions go on the ground to establish fair effects with regards to this issue so that you, you, you open up the debate a little bit more uh, uh, so that you uh, separate the truth from perceptions and, and the politics because it's quite worked up in politics uh, that, uh, right now. Okay. And it, it will be very interesting because if the rebels um, uh, 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 had already started to see South Africa as an enemy, then it would have been one of the two things. One is either South Africa you know, uh, it's an agreement with the, with the host country and then uh, withdraw troops. Or secondly, 45 it's um, uh, security there by bringing maybe extra you know, air force and, and other okay. support systems so that it should come under attack, then it should be, uh, be attacked. But I do know also that the rebels also had uh, uh, said that they see the regional force of about 1,000 forces uh, that come from the, the, that, the Central African region as an enemy. But it is quite interesting that that force was not attacked. I think there is a lot more that we need to understand uh, uh, with regards to how the rebels got to the position where they decided to attack the South African forces on the ground. 
And again, understand uh, South Africa's reasoning for being on, on the ground and understand how the people of uh, Central African Republic themselves uh, 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 see the whole situation. Okay. Uh, and I'm afraid a lot of it is a lot of it is prejudice, a lot of it is speculation, a lot of it is, is political agendas, and they all come into uh, both sides of the discussion on this thing. And, right. and, and, and as an analyst, it makes it very difficult uh, to, to pin it down properly. Sure. Uh, but let me ask Mr. Dubazan. Uh, you, you presumably have members that are out there in, in the Central African Republic. What did they tell you before the attack over the weekend? Uh, thanks, Kualani. First, let me, you know, on behalf of Sando, uh, start by, you know, uh, uh, passing, offering our condolences to the families of those soldiers who perished in uh, the Central Republic of uh, the Central African Republic. Yeah. Which, you know, we believe is Sando. That is the issue. Our soldiers being killed there. And quite correctly, Kualani, you are right by saying some of those members are uh, our members and yes we have been receiving you know disturbing information as to exactly what happened in car tolani i'm not going to get into the issue of the mandate it's apparent that you know one and one do not add up here more so from uh, 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 what we're getting from the government side mm -hmm. but further than that the question the most important question is actually exactly what happened in car uh, so far, we've been told that rebels attacked, you know, uh, 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 our soldiers, which led to uh, 13 soldiers perished and plus minus uh, uh, 23 of our soldiers uh, uh, being injured. The information Colonel that we're getting, which is uh, 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 contrary to what you know the, we've been given as an official position, is such that the first people, you know, the first force to to, to attack us. Uh, with the, uh, 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 the, the the soldiers from the, the, the CAR. The very same soldiers that we're, we're training? Yes. Apparently, the information that we are receiving from our sources is that even those very same soldiers, they had the intention of toppling uh, 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 their own president. Now, whilst the attack was on by the uh, uh, CAR, you know, uh, 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 soldiers on our, you know, uh, uh, soldiers' positions, Mm -hmm. The rebels came into the fray. Now you could imagine what was happening there. And look, what I'm saying is it comes from members who were involved in these skirmishes uh, uh, over the weekend. And we have no reason to doubt that, you know. Now, as I've said from the onset, the question is actually what happened there. Let me bring in the most important aspect which has been missing from this whole, you know, uh, discussion. Mm -hmm. The soldiers that have been deployed at the uh, CAR consist mainly of uh, 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 the, the, the Special uh, uh, Forces uh, uh, Unit mm -hmm. and the Parachute uh, 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 Unit. Those are specialized uh, uh, soldiers. They are highly trained. Hmm. You, you know, presently there has been calls that we need to go and take them out. Let me assure you, Kolani, those soldiers are capable of extracting themselves 
from whatever dangerous situation they may find themselves in. That's a very important point, as you say, because because there's been arguments that perhaps they are not well capacitated, they couldn't deal with the, with the 3,000 bandits, rebels, or so on that we are taking them. I'll pick up on some of these issues in a moment. I need to take the updates. And by the way, the lines are open now on 891 I'll bring in my other guests then to give their uh, reaction to what we've heard so far. And your thoughts as well, 891 I'll be reading your SMSs as well at 34701. It's just after 8.30. Let's get the updates. We'll start with the news from Babakshini Chetty. The Forum at 8 with Polani Gwala. And we're talking about the situation uh, involving our troops in the Central African Republic. Let me take some SMSs because some of our guests are not uh, unfortunately going to be with us until the end of the program. Uh, before I get them to respond, though, let me read one or two SMSs. There is one from Peter Wiley who says, Hindsight is a refined science. Why do our opposition parties wait for casualties before they start chirping? Uh, Peter Wiley, I'm going to ask General Bando Olomisa to, to respond to you here, Peter Wiley. Uh, there's an SMS as well that says, Where were members of the Central African Republic Defense Force when SANDF was under siege. The foreign policy of this country is non-existent. The president wakes up and takes a unilateral decision, and these are the consequences. That's in Dogozo here in Durban. Another one says, if the rebels are now in control, are our troops POWs, prisoners of wars, or are they at war on the front line? We need to know that. Um, also, Sipo in Leondale says, there are also French soldiers in the Central African Republic. What is the context of their presence there? Um, Another one says, surely the left doesn't know what the right is doing in this country. The ambassador is confusing us further. My condolences to the families of those soldiers. That's AM uh, on on SMS. Right then, uh, let me perhaps start with the general then. General Olomisa, your response is about uh, where were opposition uh, parties when when, uh, these soldiers were deployed? The opposition parties have been questioning and querying this uh, hasty deployment, especially the one after the president, uh, uh, the one one in early this year, January. Opposition parties condemned that because the regional leaders who brokered the peace in that area, those rebels said, among other things, were prepared to work with uh, President Pizzozzi on condition that foreign troops leave a car including South Africa. I have been for record hmm. when we visited uh, the DECO in Pretoria early this year. We discussed this issue, but to our surprise, this deployment early in January, the DG and other senior officers of DECO were not informed. So then you can see that there's confusion. Some people have hijacked the foreign policy from that department to elsewhere. Sure, but one of the things, of course, that your letter touches on is is uh, you pick up on what the, the minister was saying yesterday that there could be other uh, South African assets. But what sort of assets could we be talking about here in general, Olomisa? Well, this is the point I said uh, the, the portfolio committee should uh, request these departments to come forward and state and tell us what, what assets exactly are these. Could it be that maybe we're given oil wells or we're given minerals or some mineral rights were given to some South African business people? If yes, eh, what what accrued to our country? What is our national interest in that part of the world? Mm. So these ministers, and I'm happy that uh, Ambassador Lindy Westfield 
uh, has said they would be ready to come to Parliament and explain. I think we should leave it from there. Otherwise, we are going to speculate wrongly. Sure. Uh, Ambassador Zulu, do you want to come in there? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think the general is correct in saying that speculation is now beginning to pollute the entire discussion. While it is correct for South Africans to continue in the debate, but the speculation must really, is not really assisting the situation, number one. Mm. Number two, you have people who are speaking who are not on the ground, who haven't seen what is happening on the ground, but they are able to actually describe things that they don't know. What I'm saying is, one, uh, defense and military have been able to communicate to the public what was happening on the ground. Two, we have a bilateral that we will speak to, that we agree to. Three, all departments that need to go to wherever they need to go and explain, whether it's in parliament, whether it's to the president, needs to do that. We are all saying that needs to be done. Sure. And condolences to the families are still in place. The fact that we are saying condolences to the family is not contradicting anything because at the end of the day, there are families who have lost their loved ones and we are very conscious of that. At the same time, we need to understand there is a bigger picture and a bigger role that we need to play firmly in South Africa to say there needs to be peace, stability and security because if there isn't there, there's a negative impact on South Africa itself. And therefore, where we can be able to go out there and build these institutions that Africa needs, we will continue to, de- to do that unflinchingly. All right. Uh, but Ambassador, and before I let you go, you say we have a bilateral and we need to stick to, but there's no government there. So, which then goes back to this issue that was raised by Professor Pierre de Force about the, 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 the legal basis for us to remain there. Shouldn't these troops be coming back then because the people that we went to train... The discussion, the discussion is, as we are aware, I think the defense also said that a part of the truth was the rebels came out with a white flag which we needed to, to, to respect. But the fact that there are rebels there does not necessarily mean that we cannot be able to have a discussion. And the fact of the matter that we are connecting to the AU, we are connecting to the United Nations, because at the end of the day, you cannot run away from a situation where you know that you can be of assistance. We know we can be of assistance. We will engage in all the areas in which we are supposed to engage and remain there until such time that a decision is taken, and that decision will be based on analysis of what is happening on the ground, on discussions that are happening also with the neighboring leaders. Solani, we can't can leave this country that? without absolutely yeah. nothing. All right. Ambassador, uh, General? The best way out here is for the United Nations as well as AU to closely monitor the, the, the area and also involve the regional uh, countries with a view to take control of this so that the bilateral agreement uh, between the two countries, because that bilateral agreement was signed with the old government, is no longer there now. Hmm. And we need to make sure that AU and UN take control of that situation. I wouldn't be objecting if uh, our government were to withdraw our troops for tactical reasons, tactical withdrawal, and make sure that if the, the Central Republic, uh, when it is stabilized by UN and AU, they still want mm-hmm. our assistance. We can go there, but we should go under the auspices of AU and UN resolutions. 
Sure. This bilateral uh, arrangement is compromising our foreign policy. All right. Uh, Professor DeForce, you, 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 can you please just make your last comments? I know you need to go as well. Yes, um, just quickly. Once, uh, when you have a, a, um, soldiers of one country in another country that is a sovereign state, there's usually three legal reasons for that. Mm-hmm. A United Nations uh, resolution, or in our case an African Union resolution, or a bilateral agreement. None of those three agreements are in place at the moment, so I'm just a little bit worried and nervous about the legal basis of our continued um, present in that country. And, and the last one about bilateral, you say it's not in place simply because there's no government? There's no officially recognized government, yes. The, the, the African Union has made it clear that they cannot recognize that government because it was overthrown by force, so there is no recognized government in terms of the uh, member states of the African Union. Right, uh, thanks uh, for the clarity, Professor Pierre de Foss, uh, oh, he's with the law faculty at UCT. Thanks indeed, I've got to let you go. Uh, uh, Ambassador Zulu, do you want to last comments before you go then? Be- 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 yes, I'd like to agree with the general, uh, obviously, in as far as uh, going forward. We also agree as South Africa that, as, as I have said earlier, we've been engaging with the regional leaders, we are engaging with the AU. The president has even spoken to, 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 to Ban Ki-moon of the United Nations, and therefore I'm saying... We remain there on the basis that what we need to do is to discuss with, with, the, with the relevant structures and make sure that there is peace, security and stability at the end of the day. We will not act on our own. And rightfully, as they say, we went in, with, in, in, a, in a bilateral and that government, and by the way, this government has now been removed by force, which is also an act which is against the, the African Union itself. And therefore, from a government position, we say we will engage the regional structures will engage the AU, but will make sure that we do everything we can to maintain peace and stability in that, in that country, which will have an impact also in as far as the whole region is concerned. Okay. Ambassador Zula, I thank you very much. Let me take some calls here um, uh, and uh, uh, SMSs as well. Let me go to Chris, Chris Lansberg. Professor, good morning. Professor Lansberg, are you there? Have I lost uh, Professor Chris Lansberg? Oh, all right, we'll try and, and, and sort that line out. There's also David in the Free State. David, are you there? Um, yes, yes. I, I want to talk just because that day uh, when there was the discussion of the the latest deployment, I was talking about the the equipment that our soldiers have. I was a member of Specialized Forces. My brother was a member of Special Forces. You know, the, the problem also our soldiers' equipment. I see the soldiers on the bases when we work at the border, now I'm in the police. So they don't have the equipment to compensate uh, that uh, lot of uh, powerful rebel forces. You know, uh, the things like uh, uh, the, 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 the new equipment, like uh, like the, the Nate Gagot and the, the, the firearm is old. You know, uh, uh, the problem, we we deliver our soldiers to, 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 to dangerous if you don't equip them uh, with, uh, with, the, right. David, with, with uh, the right equipment, like uh, yeah, like the thermal imaging, sure. so that they can fight at night. All right, David, thank you. Uh, Mr. Dubazana, it goes exactly to the point that you were making, that as far as you're concerned, the, these are some of our finest soldiers. Yes, Kodane, <coughs> sorry. You know, the, the question needs to be asked as to, you know, if one was to, to, to pretend and take for granted that one understands the mandate as explained by our government uh, of us being there. 
you know, if that was the case, why then did we have to send those specialized soldiers? You know, but but further on, Colonel. All right. The point you're making. What is the point you're making about sending specialized forces? The, the, those people are not trained to train, you know, people uh, in capacity building or, or, or in, in, you know, uh, uh, demobilization or, or, or all those sorts of things. They, they are highly trained, you know, for, for, for dangerous and sensitive uh, uh, missions. Hmm. Now, why send them to where what's needed is to, 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 to incapacitate the defense force of, of that area? But, but if I may further go on, to the, the other point that we're missing, which uh, the ambassador raised, uh, and which we believe is an important issue. The ambassador raised the issue of, you know, the rebels raising a white flag uh, and some uh, uh, agreements, ceasefire, uh, uh, rest between ourselves and, and, and the, the, the rebels. My understanding, you know, Sandu's understanding, for instance, one of a white flag being raised, if you are being attacked, and whilst the attack is going on, and all of a sudden there's a white flag that is being raised, the meaning of that is that whoever is raising that flag is a, a, a surrendering. Mm-hmm. Now, if you surrender, you do not have the basis whereby you could uh, 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 make demands or, 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 or enter into you know whatever kind of an agreement. You are at the mercy of the person that you are surrendering to. You know. Now, the question is, what kind of surrender was this one by the rebels? You know. Uh, why did all of a sudden? You, you, you know, South Africans simply left those rebels to go on, you know, and take over Bangui. Even and after they had, uh, even after they had surrendered. Again, you know, the problem, the problem again uh, is, is it goes back to what uh, Dr. Zondi alluded to a little earlier on. The, <laughs> we, 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 we're in the realm of speculation really now because uh, the facts are not out there. Dr. Zondi, perhaps, you, let me give you, you, you a yeah, yeah. Just one thing. You know, the ambassador said all of us were, were not there. Uh, and I want to understand that that includes herself, you know. But I want to put it very clear that as Sandu, we are talking on behalf of our members who are there, and we are saying what our members who were there on the ground are saying, you know. And this is an important aspect. We, we believe this thing it needs to be probed, and it needs to be probed thoroughly. And for it to be probed thoroughly, those members who were involved down there on the ground in that uh, skirmish should be interviewed. Uh, uh, we must find out from them exactly what happened. It is not, there's no need for us at this particular stage to be speculating, uh, you know, as suggested, about what happened there. People who were involved there are there. Right. I'm going to get uh, Dr. Zondi's last comment. He has to go. But Chris is back. Uh, Professor Landsberg, hello. Good morning and thanks for having me. Look, ah, thank so, you. Much, so much ground has been covered already, uh, and, and I feel that the general in particular stole my thunder, and it's not the first time he would do that. Let me just make a couple of, of points. Um, it seems to me that there are three levels of, of analysis that we have to uh, unpack here. The crucial one is I think it's very important for all the role players in South Africa, the presidency, Durko, uh, and the SA and the F in particular, the Ministry of Defense, and maybe even other role players, to uh, really come clean 
put everything on the table, explain what the nature of the mission was. Otherwise, it's just going to reinforce this notion of a fragmented foreign policy, a free-for-all where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand does. Hmm. That's the first point. The second point is, I think the commanders in charge of the South African forces have very important roles to play to tell us what what transpired over the during the course of the last week uh, weekend? How strong were we? How imminent was the threat, and whether we were ready? But let me make a final uh, and, and third observation on the third level of analysis. Mm-hmm. This thing is coinciding. This tragic event is coinciding with us hosting uh, BRICS. We now have Dr. Lamini Zuma uh, as chair of the AU Commission. Uh, we have a, a whole lot of global responsibilities, and I, and I dare say prestige. A knee-jerk response to say that South Africa should now pull out all its troops out of Africa, should not engage in, in peacekeeping operations, I'm afraid we don't have that luxury. If you want to play a leadership role, you're going to have to learn to also uh, pay the price. You don't have to pay an expensive price as, as this. If it is properly done, and if it's done under a multilateral uh, auspices, but there's, a, there's clearly a need for a serious inquiry as to the nature of the operation, and even though it's based on a bilateral oper- uh, operation of 2007, at uh, final point, um, did the mandate change midstream as early as December last year? And what is the nature of that change? But play open cards with Parliament, play open cards with civil society, let's learn some tough lessons, and l- let's move on. But South Africa cannot um, have its cake and eat it. We want to be the leader uh, and benefit from it when, it's, when, when we want, but we don't want the shoulder uh, responsibilities in Africa. It's not going to be easy for us to pull out of all our responsibilities in Africa. Fantastic one. Thank you very much, Professor Lensberg. Thanks indeed. Uh, Dr. Zondi, let me get to your closing remarks, your, your lingering questions perhaps. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, two things I wanted to, the point I needed to make. And I think all of us who comment on this issue uh, should be careful not to allow narrow uh, focuses and interests that we have in the issue to cloud a bigger picture. I think the bigger picture is very, very important, which is what uh, Chris Lansbeck is actually making right now. We are committed to an African agenda, and that African agenda is not subject to legalities that Pierre Divorce is talking about, or to staff issues that the trade union is, is interested in. That, that, that African agenda, you either take it or you just leave it. You just, you either, if you are in it, it comes with a number of things with it. One is, it is true that the African Union has to take responsibility uh, for that situation, as um, uh, Honorable Olomisa was indicating. But the reality is that the African Union does that through member states. It does not have soldiers. Hmm. It does not have forces. Yes. Which is why the Mambra, the Commissioner for Peace and Security, was saying we're going to have to look beyond the region. He was saying it in January. We're going to have to look for beyond the region for countries that are going to make sure that there is a semblance of stability in that country. Secondly, the United Nations which is the originator of all international legitimacy with all of this, which is what Pierre Bose was referring to, its special envoy, Margaret Void, uh, for, the, for the region, indicated specifically that the security provided by South Africa and France, uh, the U.S., and Chad on the ground 
was, I quote, a firewall against the spread of insecurity that could grip about 12, 15 countries. Hmm. So when Pierre Devos um, uh, interpreted legality in terms of a specific law and neglect the, the statements that come from the UN itself and the UN Secretary General, maybe making a mistake uh, because this is a political issue. It's not a court of law issue. It is a political issue. So there's a political decision needed to be made. And the third point to make is that the Central African Republic is a very important thing. There are issues you need to sort out to do with the mandate, to do with uh, the costs, and do with all of those things. But I, I, I ask that we should not lose sight of the bigger picture. The continent has benefited significantly by South Africa's active involvement in stabilizing the country's ability to protect themselves so that we don't cry foul about neo-colonial interventions in those countries, such as it happened in Mali, which is what Michael Ford was saying. It is better to have a chart in South Africa down on the ground than to rely on the French uh, doing this task. Hmm. I think... But be that as it may, I really do think that the South African government has to, as, as Chris indicated, uh, communicate this uh, even in, in, in stronger terms. But I think we should, neither of us should be uh, uh, hoping for a, a, a position which says South Africa then must pull out, South Africa must not be involved anymore, that, that South Africa should uh, uh, move back and take care of its own region, because that would be fundamentally uh, retrogressive, and so, it would not help us too, because if the Central African Republic collapses, there are 11 or 12 other countries that get affected, and that affects us directly, because quite a significant amount of our investment comes from that region, and quite a number of our people and our business people and our, our civilians are in those regions, and our image as, a, as an African country goes down the drain, and therefore our global position, justification for our global position would also be harmed. And I really think we need to try and, and separate those two yeah. and not cloud them together and, and, and make sure that we have uh, uh, clarity on those issues. And then the very, very last one, yeah. this challenge of bilateral agreements, the, 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 the bilateral agreements that they're now indicating South Africa has with the Central African Republic has with a number of other countries. If we say there's a problem with the development of this nature, then we are then saying that South Africa must then uh, perhaps resign the other uh, bilateral agreement. And I think that's a fair point to ask. But the implication of it is that South Africa then withdraws from uh, uh, taking responsibility uh, for enforcing the Algiers uh, common position of the African Union on unconstitutional change of power. I think we have to decide where our principle lies. Okay. Uh, so that we don't get carried away by the principles of the time and the power strikers of the time and the, and the narrow politics of today. Dr. Zondi, you've given us something to think about, and I really, really thank you and all my other guests uh, that came through for us this morning. Ambassador Lindu Azulu was with us a little earlier on, advisor to President Jacob Zuma on international relations. Also, we were joined by Professor Pierre DeForce uh, of UCT, Jeff Dubazana, speaking on behalf of the South African National Defense Union, as well as General Bantolo Mesa. All of you, thank you very much for your time here on the Forum at 8 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Also